Friday the 29th of September 2017. We planned to go to the ancient little town called Wallingford, which is roughly a third of the way from us to Oxford. We shall go after lunch when school is over. We quite often go because it has a lovely little market on Fridays and it also has a fair trade shop, which we all like to support. I love the smell of the fair trade shop. It's a mixture of patchouli essence, Indian fabric and wood and oils from far off lands. The last time that I went there, I bought Johnson and Rosie lovely lined, brightly coloured winter jackets, which look so bright and cosy on them and they said that they were toasty. Wallingford also has a Christian bookshop that I love to browse through, but the children don't, so it doesn't last for long. It also has some very good charity shops where one can buy some very lovely things with the potential to upcycle, and the children enjoy looking round. Another amazingly interesting place to visit is the Lamb Arcade, but it's more like a museum full of interesting things. This is the place that Marshall likes. He collects badges and usually manages to find some. And last but not least, Wallingford is the place of great historical interest, which turns it into an educational visit for the children. It is all of great value as a visit for all of us. And as it's Nikki's day off, she's coming too. We're all very much looking forward to it. But first, we have a morning schooling. Today we shall be doing French and science after maths and English. Rosie is particularly keen to learn French. Jonty prefers the Latin that we're looking at mostly because it has the most exciting stories attached to it and runs alongside the classics very well with all its mythology and fantastic stories. Tom and Marshall used to have a visiting tutor, one who taught them Latin and the other classics and they seemed to cross paths all the time. Until they get to senior level, I am teaching both of these subjects to the two youngest. But at this stage, at a very primary level for the classic subjects, we watch a lot of educationally based CDs. The other day we watched Jason and the Golden Fleece and Johnty was riveted to the scene and thought it was wonderful. Maybe he will one day become a classicist. I tackled the Latin classes with a very good course called Maximus and Minimus. It is very easy to follow. It is a story of a cat and mouse in Roman times and the family they live with. There are a lot of easy to follow cartoons and a tape plus teaching manual and pupil books. It will give them a very good platform for a Latin tutor to build on in the future. I personally feel that it is a shame that most schools have now abandoned the teaching of Latin as it is so useful when learning and understanding the roots of other European languages. All the time we come across Latin names in science, biology, in the garden when we are identifying plants, on a nature walk, and they will always one day learn chemistry where it would be particularly valuable. So much of our traditional schooling has had to be abandoned to make way for IT, and yet the mystery is that each generation is born, they seem to come with an inborn ability to understand today's technology. The difference between my eldest struggle at the introduction to a computer and the relative ease that Rosie and Jonty tackle every new piece of technology that comes before them. As I am writing this, my eye has caught sight of an enormous spider's web that the clever spiders managed to weave between the corner of the house outside the music room window. 
catching one supporting strand onto the eaves, another onto an overhanging rose branch, and miraculously attached another to the brickwork. The spider has between these supports woven the largest and most intricate web I have ever seen. It has been raining heavily all night long and has framed drops throughout its delicate structure. And yet it is obviously not so delicate because there must be a great deal of water caught into that web and it has not broken. I read somewhere that the silk that the spider weaves is very strong indeed. There is an old country saying that if you injure yourself and haven't got a plaster, a spider silk will do a very good job of keeping the dirt out with its tough sticky. It will stay in place with no trouble at all. If you have ever inadvertently walked into a spider's web, you will know how difficult it is to remove it from your face, clothes and especially your hair. This one that I can see through the music room window will probably delight me for days. It has also reminded me of a piece of needlework that I did with my grandmother many years ago. We made a cobweb pattern with embroidery silks and wove the picture together. I will show Johnty and Rosie the one outside the window while it is still laden with water droplets and we shall copy it by making a cobweb with silks and sewing pretty beads into it, which we always keep from broken necklaces. If they are unmendable, little dewdrops in our embroidery. I know they will love doing that, so will I. This afternoon we shall look in the charity shops in Wallingford to see if we can find any cardigans that we can decorate with a spider's web motive. This is the way to ensure that the memory of such a beautiful example of nature's gifts and inspirations were laughed with us forever. I have not long been back from Wallingford. Nicky Marshall and the two little ones and I had a lovely afternoon, just mooching about. It was market day, and as I have mentioned before, and there was a very busy, buzzy atmosphere. I went to the tray craft shop and bought David some vegan chocolate, which I was assured by the assistant there was the most popular one amongst a good selection of vegan chocolate. We then made our way to one of my favourite shops called Strawberry Tart. When you enter the atmosphere, it's immediately friendly and impressive with its large selection of craft, gift and handmade clothes. A lot of my wardrobe comes from there. I admire the evidence of upcycled things and there is a knitting machine on a table in one corner where one of the owners sits and makes and the whole shop contents calls out, Buy me, I'm ethical. I'm homemade with love and traditional skills. If you are ever that way, you must go and have a look at this veritable Pandora's box of treasures. I bought a pair of baggy trousers, which will be able to be teamed with lots of different tops that I have. Trousers are one garment that I feel too difficult to make. We then scoured the charity shops. I mostly like to find garments that I can upcycle with silk or woolen embroidery. A simple jacket-style cardigan can look very unique and individual with brightly sewn blanket stitch around the edges or patchwork sewn in at random places. Pieces of lace or buttons where you don't expect them to be all add style and a sense of individuality. A pocket sewn in at the hem of a long dress is different and unusual if you like quirky things as I do. 
I must forget to add that before we started out at shopping or scouting exhibition, we had lunch in a little cafe called The Bean and Brew. We all found something to eat that suited us. It has a good range of vegetarian food and the atmosphere is one of an ethnic style. They don't just serve vegetarian food, there is something for all taste. I chose a chickpea and red pepper pot stew. I've had it before. It is very tomatoey and is served up with a crisp ciabatta. It is delicious and I highly recommend it. Marshall spent his time in the Lamb Arcade, which is absolutely full of antiques and old paraphernalia. In all, we had a great afternoon and the children, as a special treat, were allowed to go and choose something from the little old-fashioned sweet shop, which always fills me with nostalgia from my childhood, with its jars of sweets ranging from dolly mixtures, humbugs, licorice all sorts, lemon sherbets, cough candy, jelly beans, and many, many more. Marshall bought a tray of toffee, which even had a toffee hammer with it to break up the toffee, just as they had in the Victorian times. And in fact, right up until the 50s, they could still be seen in corner shops. That time had forgotten, and certainly in country post offices and sweet shops. These are all fast disappearing in my time, and so I doubt that you have any in your time, my dear great-great-grandchildren. I am home now, writing this for you, and this afternoon David rang to tell me that the vegan chocolate cake had been a great success and had looked lovely and gathered many praises as it sat resplendent with its rich chocolate frosting and I had picked the prettiest and most perfect pink rose. We now have from the garden this morning. After washing it carefully I placed it on the top and it did look perfect. Thank goodness it tasted good as well. The flapjacks were also well received and David took a box of our eggs in as well, although they were brown ones and not the blue ones that he had intended to take in. Rosie tells me that Daddy had asked her and Jaunty if they would like to go with him tomorrow in search of some Aracana hens. The small egglu that we bought had arrived and now sitting in the entrance hall alongside the garden tools that are waiting to go into the new shed on Tuesday. It is nice to know that it may possibly be used after all. We shall see. During my sauté this afternoon, I also bought a few books from the charity shops. I buy all my books second-hand and really don't understand why anyone should want to buy new books. The selection is large, they are only a pound or so, and they can be given back to the charity shops after reading them. Much kinder to the trees and less pollution for the making of them. And many of the books I have bought in the charity shops look as if they haven't even been opened. Some of the books cost £25 or more when they were first bought. The children are calling for their supper and David will be in from work in a minute. And so I must leave you now and say goodnight. night.